Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of On Air. Today we are on air with Robert Bass. Robert, thank you for being on here. So good to have you on our show today. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, Robert, we on Intentional Guy, we talk a lot about the redemption power of Christ, but also just our everyday life with God, because the enemy, the one thing he wants to do is destroy us. But if he can get in our mind, and that's where most of the, the battle's at, is I think a lot of times up here. And we tend to lend our ear uh, to the enemy more than we do to God sometimes. I know I'm guilty of that. And so Intentional Guy was built with this purpose of every day when I get up, I want to be intentional and how I serve God. Uh, because I know that the enemy is intentional that day to try and destroy me. So we love having guests like you on here because we love hearing these stories of how God works in others' lives. Because uh, sometimes we tend to think that we're our story is the only story like that. And that we're the only one going through some of the things that we, we do. And I found that there's real power in other people's stories. So I appreciate you coming on here today with us to share your story. Uh, Robert is an author, has three books. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. But uh, um, Robert, I just want to hand it over to you right now and just share with us your story. Yes, thank you. I love the name of your podcast, Being Intentional. It's it's so important. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've been through a lot as a former tennis athlete. Uh, I used to work on cars as a Mercedes-Benz technician. Uh, and, you know, God's really transformed my life through a series of events to lead me into being a pastor and author. And one of those events that I've been through was I've been through two motorcycle accidents, believe it or not. I didn't learn the first time, <laughs> but I've been through two motorcycle accidents. And then the second one was very eye-opening for me, um, where I got into this accident and it was a difficult time. Uh, I was out of work, couldn't work because of all the scars all over uh, my body. And something happened that I was shocked at. At the time, I had a lot of friends. I you know, could call someone up and, and go out somewhere anytime I wanted to. Um, you know, God had blessed me at the time with plenty of money to be able to do things, go out, buy, you know, a nice car, house, clothes, and all of those things. But when I got into this motorcycle accident and I couldn't work, and as you can imagine, the bills don't stop, do they? They just keep on coming in. No. And when I begin to reach out to my friends, I we get responses back like, oh, I'm so sorry this has happened to you. Let me know when you get better. Or man, that that is so horrible. You know, um, I'll reach out to you in a few months to see how you're doing. And, and the responses were so shocking. I'm like, wait a second. I don't need help later. I need help now. So the friends that I would hang out with every single week, I mean, the, the people I could text at any moment and we could go and do something in a moment of need, they were not there and they had very little interest in helping me. And it was very shocking. I mean, I can't imagine you know, even thinking back that you think someone's your friend and in a moment where you need them the most, they're not there and they don't even mm -hmm. want to be there. And so that really began a, a questioning, a stirring within me to, to say, wait a second, this is not the kind of life I want. I, I want people in my life that are going to be there through 
good times and the bad times. And so what I, what happened was, you know, my family, uh, I'm very blessed to have a great family. And so my family came and started helping me and the church got involved. And so I wasn't at the time of my motor, second motorcycle accident, I wasn't attending church. But yet people at church began to come help me. They, they heard about it. People I didn't even know started bringing me food. So someone I had met one time started picking me up and bringing me to church and wow. bringing me to doctor's appointments. I mean, I had barely even knew these people, but yet my friends who I knew very well, who I talked to every week, all the time, weren't there. And, and that was just very eye-opening in, in a season to say, wait a second, something's different here. Why would strangers, people that barely even know me, show me more love and grace than my so-called friends? Yeah. yeah. So it was a very eye-opening season for me where I began to question a lot. And that really drove me to, okay, um, you know, these people love God and they're loving me. And now I know, right, that the two greatest commandments Jesus says is to love God and to love others. And, and I really did experience that love. I experienced people loving me uh, when they didn't have to. People helping me in, in a very tough time in my life where they really didn't have any obligation. I wasn't a part of a church. I wasn't part of those people uh, at, the, at the time. Um, but they still were willing to help someone uh, in need and again very thankful for my family being a part of that kind of guiding me to church and saying hey you, you know you can trust God in this season there's people here to help you uh, even though my family lived far away and that was another right. big factor was you know my physical family uh, weren't there what couldn't be there for me like I needed because of the distance they wanted to be there but they couldn't. And so that was a very eye-opening time for me. Like you can imagine, right? Like, right. wow, your, your life is torn apart. The thing you thought you could lean on is no longer there. Mm. And that's how, and that's how it should be. You know, uh, learning. I, I, we and my wife heard something similar. We had a, uh, right after hurricane Sally, a semi truck, a sewer truck had run over the top of us, crushed our car, uh, just about killed us, you know, and the support from our church family was so incredible. And you're right. I mean, I think sometimes friends don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know how to respond because honestly, some people, if they've never been in a situation like that or a crisis, they, they, they don't know how to do it. But what I also found out is that a lot of people don't know how to be a friend either. They don't know what true relationships are. Like in our church, we have, we, we build, we have small groups and that's where we build our relationships. And, you know, we have a slogan, just like probably some other churches do that, but it's a uh, lot. To, we're better together. Yeah. And, and it's so true. And that's, it, it's so great when you can have these people with, uh, I call them Jesus with skin on when we can be Jesus with skin on to other people, helping them and getting outside of ourselves because like your story is so great because, you know, just something as simple as making a meal for someone, how incredible that is, especially when you've been injured or, you know, you've got injury time, uh, financial issues, all these things are happening at that time in your life. 
Yeah. I really like what you said. Um, you know, being in a church is being a part of a community. And so I've learned a lot in my life by seeing other people do it. So I've learned how to be a good pastor by being around pastors and seeing how they're mm -hmm. there for people, you know? And so you're right. I mean, a lot of people, right. If we model the world, I mean, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing selfishness. We're seeing do what you want, do what helps you uh, versus being in a community that is loving, that is teaching and modeling the right thing to do. I completely agree with you. I, I think it's important even in a church to be active and engage with people so you can experience how to love, how to help uh, other people. And so those have been some of the most powerful moments in my life where I have been with someone and honestly almost been like a fly on the wall while they are helping other people. And I'm learning the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I told you this earlier. I think it, it, it's so important what we pour into ourselves is what flows out. And so for me, when my journey started, I, I realized I, I didn't have the character or the, I wasn't the person I really truly wanted to be. Right. And so how can I do that? Well, I, I found some other men that emulated what I wanted in my life and how I wanted to be. And I, I started building friendships with them. And like you said, a fly on the wall, watching and observing them. And it helped my marriage, you know, like I can think of one guy, how just the way he is with his wife and how he loves his wife and treats her. Uh, I want my wife, I want to love my wife like that. And so I, I emulated that and it changed my marriage. You know, I, I see my marriage changing before me, but there's something to be said about when you get outside of yourself and you can help someone else in their time of need and to see how God opens those doors because it's, it's one thing to help some, somebody, right? That's a, that's a rewarding thing. But when you can walk away and really realize, man, God used me today. The King of Kings used me today for his, his glory. Yeah. How, how great. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Nothing better than that. And that's what's also helped me know how to love others is I've received love. I have received mm -hmm. the help and support from other people. So I understand how important it is to be in a time of need and, and to be able to trust someone. And so that's why for me, when, when someone reaches out, like I know it's hard to reach out for help. It really is. Like it, most of us are going to reach out to help when we're at the bottom or it's last minute. So right. I understand, you know, even I was at a time in my life where I didn't ask for help until I couldn't pay bills and do things myself. That was when I reached out. And so just knowing that if someone's asking for our help, it, you know, it's probably a last resort. And, and right. that, you know, kind of being self-aware a little bit that um, when people are asking for support, that um, that that it, it could be the last person that they ask before right. they they give up that's a great point because you know for me to ask for help it's going to be the last thing because um i'm you know we're someone that we want to do ourselves we there's that pride issue involved in it and i remember when we went through the wreck i was out of work for several months and uh at, at 
for about two months, I was laid out on the couch. I couldn't get up. My back was injured so bad. Uh, and the people in our community, what great supports they were. One, they brought meals. You know, we, we had meals at our table, but they, I remember a, one of our really good friends said, okay, we need to hear from you. What do you need? what is it, what are your biggest needs? And I think as Christians, sometimes we, we need to be that point blank too, because realizing it's hard for someone to ask questions. And I love the point that you brought out because if they ask you and they're rejected that you may be the last person they help. And then what happens is that, and I know this because it's happened to me, is then the enemy gets in my ear and, and see, God's not meeting your needs. See, God doesn't love you. See, you're alone. And that's what the enemy wants us to think, that we're alone. And we're not alone. We And we shouldn't be alone. You know, God God wants us to, to carry one another's burdens and to love each other in that. And I'm going to tell you, some of the most rewarding times in my life have been on both sides. It's because some people, they say it's so rewarding to give. And it is. It's because so, one, it gets you outside of yourself, right? Yep. But it's so humbling too. When I had to receive help from someone, that was so rewarding too, because that was, God loves to shine, right? And God would provide only in times when only God could do it. And what great things those were for me. So on both sides of those spectrums, there's such blessings and growth. Yeah, it, you're right. It's a very humbling place to be, to ask for help and, and to be a place of need. But it shows the love of God. There is moments in our life where we need to receive. We need to receive God's love, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing no. wrong with asking for help, uh, with receiving support. I mean, we, we're better together, and that's why you know a lot of places in Scripture talks about the church as a whole. Uh, you hear people talk about the family of God. Or the body of Christ, like we're meant to be together, uh, and as a whole. I know my dad taught me uh, when we would go when I was a little kid. Again, my parents modeled things really well for me. We would go deliver food uh, to people's houses in need when I was a little kid, and I didn't understand it uh, at the time. And I remember being an adult, asked my dad, "You know, why would we deliver food to people?" <laughs> I had no idea what we were doing as a kid, right? And um, and my dad shared this one advice with me. He says, "You know." I always ask people what they need. You know, imagine bringing someone uh, seafood to their house because they're hungry, but they're allergic to seafood. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to do them any good. So I love what you said, like, you know, reaching out to people and say, how can I help you? Uh, instead of like doing something, you know, it it's easy to maybe think, oh, well, someone is struggling financially. So let me just give them money. But maybe what they really need is the the support to be able to find a job or a car to get to a job, you know. And so really, that's a powerful question. And you know what I liked when they asked this question? Some people, we ask this question, it's kind of like, how's your day going? But we really don't mean it, right? And so some people say, how can I help you? What What's your need? But do they, your, your mind is like, do they really mean this? Because I don't want to burden someone, right? And what I loved about these people were they said, listen, we need you to put pride aside and we're asking because we love you and we want to help you. What are your needs? 
And, and I love that because it took away, okay, they're not just doing this just to be polite and it's the right thing to do. They're doing this because they want to do this. And so we have to, I think it's so important to be intentional in how we relay the message of, of when we're trying to help someone because we have no idea how that little act of kindness is going to impact them for the kingdom of God for the rest of their life. And I know for me, it, it turned everything around. I mean, I've got a podcast now because of this, the kindness and the things that, and the things I learned during that time period that are so important to me, you know? And so it's, yeah, that's good. And you know, a really simple question. So many people ask me, well, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know how to help people. Uh, I, I don't know how to use my gifts and talents to help other people. So that question right there helps answer that. You just ask someone, how can I help? Some yeah. of the most powerful moments in my life where is when I'm like driving down the road or I'm doing something and all of a sudden someone comes to my mind and, and usually it's God downloading this information to me, but we don't realize it in the moment. Some of those powerful times is when someone has just popped into my mind and I shoot them a text and I just say, yeah. how are you doing today? Nine times out of 10, they respond, I can't believe you just text me. Yes. <laughs> you know, I am going through this. And so I would just say when, if we ever ask that question, I don't know what to do to help, or I don't know how to help just being obedient in small moments like that, where we think about somebody or even just asking that question to reach out to a friend we haven't talked to in a while and just say, how are you doing? How can I help? That, that yeah. is powerful questions. It, and, and it is. And, and the payoff is tremendous, not just for that person, but also for you, because God blesses both parties in that moment. Like I said, there's nothing better than when you can walk away and see God can use it. Cause I, I believe the lie. The enemy always wants to put a lie in our head that God, God isn't going to use you. God doesn't want to use you. God can't use you because of other circumstances. And those are lies that the enemy wants to use to paralyze us in our journey with him. Um, Robert, you've, you're an author as well. I think you said you wrote three books and you have one that how give us a little information about your books, if you would. Yeah. So I actually started re, uh, writing because uh, a mentor of mine in the church, uh, I began to share testimonies just like I did about the motorcycle accident. Um, I've been through Hurricane Katrina, lost a lot in that. I've had several events in my life, just like so many of us had, that God has brought me th through things. But it's like after those events, you just kind of move on. And right. I was sharing with him some things that I've been through, and he told me, you need to write these things down. And so I was like, okay, so just obeying what, you know, my mentor told me to do. And so I began to write them down. And not only was it healing for me to kind of relive those moments in writing and allow God to say, wow, look what I brought you through. But it gave me a tool to share with other people. And so I began to write out my testimony and all the things that I've been through. And it turned into a book. Yes. <laughs> all the things that I've been through. And so that's the first book. It's called Past to Purpose is looking back on your past and realizing, you know what? God was there and he had a purpose mm -hmm. uh, in it. And so I did not intentionally start writing to be an author. 
at all whatsoever. Um, right. It was just kind of, you know, being faithful to what leaders and mentors in my life were guiding me to do um, and just remembering all that God had done. And so I would recommend that really to anybody is to remember what God has done in your life. Remember what you've been through. Um, and if you've never had a chance to process it and reflect on it, um, obviously, if something's super traumatic, you know, you got to be careful going down memory lane uh, yes. a little too much. But, um, you know, it is healthy in a way to go back and remember all that God has done in your life. Yes. Wow. Yep. Totally agree with that. And then you, your second book, what was that one? So the second one was called Purpose on the Path. And so it was how do you live a life with what you're going through now, knowing that there's a purpose in it? You know, so many times we we're on this journey, right? And, and life is happening and it's like, I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> right. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. This makes no sense. I don't understand it. So how do you live with peace and knowing that God has a purpose for you now? Because so many times we get stuck in the mentality of, oh, I'll be happy when I reach this destination or when I acquire this thing. But to be honest, God wants to be a part of what we're doing now. And there is purpose in what we're going through now that we can experience. And so yes. um, it's that second book was How Do You Live a Life? knowing that there's a purpose for what you're going through now. And I, and I love that. That really kind of goes with the theme of, of, of our, my podcast and my life, because uh, I think most of us, we want to know that we have a purpose in our life and, you know, just understanding that that's, that's tremendous. But now let's go to your third book. What is that called? Yes. So the third one is called Hidden Fruit. A little mysterious there, but, um, you know, I've just seen so many people who follow Jesus not have peace or not experience joy in their life that, mm. you know, situations have robbed joy from them, uh, not seeing what they're believing for, believing for healings in their life, mm. uh, believing so for good. financial breakthroughs in their life. And what happens is in the believing God to do those things, the, the peace of now gets taken away. The, the joy of the moment oh, is yeah. taken away. And, and so, but the fruit of the spirit out of Galatians 5.22 talks about this is a fruit of God's presence. So if I believe God's with me, and which he is for those that you know have accepted Jesus, that those things are available because it's not a fruit of me. Right. It, it peace is not a fruit that I I get to you know. Okay, I'm gonna focus on the right things. You know, all the great self help books out there, uh, which by the way, self control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit too. Um, you know, all all of these things we try to do in our own strength instead of depending on God. Mm -hmm. So the book is really just opening our eyes to to the truth that these things are available to us no matter what we're going through. I know people that have millions of dollars in their bank account and they don't have peace. They work mm -hmm. 14 hours a day, 20 hours a day, seven days a week, have no rest, no peace, constantly building. So we know money is not really going to bring us peace and security. Correct. Right. And we know that, but I feel like we get stuck and focused on the wrong thing. So that's why I called it hidden fruit because it's available 
but it seems to be hidden with everything that happens in our life. Well, and I, I love that concept because, uh, I mean, I battled that my, myself, you know, in, it, it, when I started this journey and being intentional, what, what you can end up doing is become legalistic and, and these help books that we read, they're great, but we can tend to be legalistic in them because, uh, if you do this, if you do that, if you, and these are all great tools, but it also comes down to that though, this isn't done by my power. This is done by God's power. And what, I mean, I love these books because they help me to uh, develop good habits maybe, or to uh, look at different things uh, in a different paradigm, have a different paradigm of things. But it all comes back down to your relationship with Christ and realizing that the power is in him and that he wants you to have peace. But what we think is peace, too, is not always what what is peace, because we think that financial joy is going to bring us peace, but it really doesn't. And I've learned you can have peace even in the midst of a storm if you had the right relationship with Christ, because I, I've lived a life of turmoil and a lot of it was self-inflicted. And I did not really believe, I I didn't know the word peace. I, I knew the word peace, but I didn't, had never really experienced it until after my restoration. I, I've been on a 15 years journey of restoration but I was legalistic in that restoration. One, I never saw it modeled for me, so I didn't think it was possible. But the, uh, but the other part of it was the relationship with Christ and how important that relationship with Christ was for my peace. And Robert, I'm, today I am living in peace with Christ, and it is an amazing thing that I've never had experienced in my 50 some years before, because mm -hmm. I was trying to bring the peace myself and it just doesn't work that way. And God will bring you peace. Even we had a, a family, a, a serious issue that happened in our family and it was, it was devastating. But in that, we had peace because we knew God was in control. Yes, our hearts were broken. Yes, there was some grieving going on. There were some things going on. But there was full peace, too, because we knew we were in the palm of God's hand. In that. And let me tell you, I, and I'm not just saying cliche and saying things that we hear from the pulpit. I'm experiencing it. And I hope my listeners understand that even though you're going through a divorce right now and you feel like your world is upside down and you've lost everything and you feel like a thrown away person, that's a lie of the enemy. And God does want you to have peace. He does want you to have peace with that. Can you explain a little bit more in your book on how that helps? I, I just... I'm 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 excited to get your book now uh, because I love anything that will help me with with a paradigm shift 
in my life to, to see a little bit more of how God sees me and how God works. Yeah, I feel like, you know, so many times we look at the right thing um, on if I'm not doing something. So if if I'm if I don't have stress in my life, therefore I must have peace. If if I if I can buy whatever I want, <clears throat> then I'm financially secure. A lot of times we look at what is not there to determine what is in our life. But it's actually the opposite that is true is God says, no, I am with you. Therefore, you can have. So God says, because I am with you, because my presence is with you, because he gives us his Holy Spirit, Jesus modeled what it's like to live the Christian life. So we have a model for us. We have God's very presence with us. So he says, therefore, because of who you are, therefore you have. And, And that's a backwards thinking if we really evaluate our thoughts we will think well you know i didn't argue with anybody today so all my relationships must be good no no it's you know what i i have good relationships because i i sow into people love and joy and peace and and give people patience when they say things to me that i don't like instead of responding in anger and so um the biggest thing for me is understanding this concept, not to look at the things that we're not doing like, okay, I'm going to try to not sin today. Mm, <laughs> well, right. that's what you're focused on. You're actually focused on sin. So instead right. of being focused on sin, be focused on God says this about me and he's with me to help me, to encourage me. So in moments of weakness, I press in to the very presence of God that's with me because he says this is a byproduct of him. And I have to be honest with you. I am so encouraged by this because I don't have to figure it out all on my own. Like I actually get to depend on someone that is much wiser than me, uh, knows more than me, has more strength than me. And so to me, it's so encouraging knowing that God's with me and then I can have hope for a better future. Wow. And I love what you said, too, because I think a lot of times we focus on what we don't have and we think that's the issue. And we're t- we're, we're missing the blessings that are right in front of us. And, and me and my wife were really bad about that. We were great catastrophiers of everything when something went wrong. Right. That we were missing the wins. And I have a really good friend and she's always like when something happens, she says, let's let's find the win. What is God? Where is God in this? And that is so, so revealing. And it it is an attitude shift that you have to make inside your mind. Because I think, like, in this world, we do focus on the negative a lot. And that's where we're gearing. Well, if you focus on the negative, then what are we going to be? We're going to be negative. It, it, it's just, that's where our focus is going. I like what you said. If we're going to focus on the sin... Uh, then that's that's where our eyes are set instead of being set on what God has given us because the blessings in life sometimes like you said it's not a million dollars in the bank sometimes the blessing is in life is I bought a five dollar lunch at McDonald's for this elderly lady over here and that was something that blessed her because she that $5 might have well have been $500 for her. And although that was a small thing for me, that was an obedience to God that God 
has blessed me and I, and I and I'm missing the blessing because I don't want I'm too busy looking at the negative that I'm missing God and you said it great being present being present for it I, I see a lot of me and my wife went out to eat the other night and we're in I'm telling you it, it we're in such a great place I, I'm we're healthy because I went through counseling, done all this stuff, and, and we're really trying to be intentional in it. And, and I'm not bragging. I, I'm, uh, I am bragging. I'm bragging because I'm so excited because I want people to know that it, it is possible, right? And we're sitting there and we're watching so many other couples who are at the table with each other having dinner, but not present with each other. They're in their phone the whole time and have said two words to each other. And me and my wife, our relationship is where we make sure that when we go out to eat, that phone is down and we are being present with each other. And if the other person is, we'll be like, can you take a moment with me and not the phone? And we remind ourselves because it's easy to be distracted. And we do the same thing with God. We're not ever present with God and seeing the greatness that he's doing in our life because we're too focused on something else that's distracting us that really at the end of the day means nothing. Yeah, so I love, I, I love the thought process of where this book is going and where your mind is on it. In fact, it it's something you know I, I really want to get. I think that will help me and my wife a lot because that that's what we're striving for with it. But what what a great example of of that. Yeah, I know. I had one of my mentors uh, tell me this on this example. Uh, they said, uh, get a card, like any card or a piece of paper with something writing on it and, and put that in front of you and start walking and, and focus on the card, focus on what the piece of paper is saying and try to walk. It, it's scary. It's dangerous. And so it shows you the power of what you focus on will, will affect where you're going. I mean, you know, again, texting and driving is, is such a horrible thing, you, you know, because you're really not going to focus on more than one thing. You know, there's a lot of teachings out there that kind of debunk the multitasking uh, myth. You know, your mind is only going to do so much so yeah. well. Maybe you can think about things and bounce a few things around in your mind, but to really focus and give your full energy and attention to something, you're not going to do a lot of things uh, like that at once. And at least for most of us. And so, that's a powerful example to, to just try it. Grab a card, grab something, focus on it, look at that, and just start walking. Everything else around you is blurry. You're yeah. not, it, it's not in your focus. It's not in your Zoom. And so you end up running into a wall or a problem really quick. But when you shift that focus, you know, so again, what is God doing in our life, uh, finding moments that we can uh, tune into him? So one practical thing that I do, is I actually started uh, when I eat is I don't get on my phone. I don't do any work or any, anything else. I, I try to just sit and eat and, and allow God a chance to speak to me. Maybe read a scripture. Uh, the Bible app can actually send you reminders. And so every day for lunch, I have a reminder that is sent to me uh, that the scripture mm. pops up on my phone. And so again, what is it doing? It's, it's realigning my focus. It's me saying, I care about God's presence and what he's doing in my life. Therefore, I'm going to make sure that that is a focus throughout my day. So that's been very helpful 
for me. Wow. Well, actually, everything you just said there was like a drop of the mic moment uh, type thing because it's, it's just simple things like that. Uh, I love the illustration of the, the card because your focus on that sin, you're, one, you're missing the world going by you, but then you're creating more problems for you because you're going to run into a building, run into a sign, other stuff. Uh, and, and a lot of times our focus is so far from where it needs to be. And man, I just, I really appreciate your, your insights today, Robert. Uh, it's just been, uh, to me, very edifying, very, uh, helpful for me to, to be even more present with God and to enjoy and not to look at, at the negative, because like we said, that is easy. That is easy to do. Uh, we don't even have to think about that. Our mind automatically shifts to that negative negativity. And, you know, this week I'd like to encourage my listeners, let's be intentional in, in our thought process, guiding ourselves to um, away from the negative, away from the sin, but looking at um, it's the little things that matter in life. That's that is true. Uh, sometimes God, God speaking to us in these smaller things that we're missing every day with that. Robert, before we close today, can you tell me, uh, tell my listener, how can they find your books and your information? Yes. So you can get uh, the book I was just talking about, Hidden Fruit, at the website, hiddenfruitbook.com. It's also on all the other major uh, book platforms. And you can find me on social media at Robert A. Bass. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that that all that information is in the description for you guys. So you can just click right on there and do that. Go ahead. And um, I, I really encourage you. I'm telling you, I, I love good books. And what I love about your, your book is I already can tell it's a kind of a game changer book because mm -hmm. it's taking something we've heard so many times, the fruit of the spirit, but your insight on that is such a godsend to me that I, I'm excited about reading that because it, it's, I mean, already just talking to you, you've helped my mind shift to a much more positive place uh, with the spirit and with the Holy Spirit and with understanding who he is in, in my, my daily walk. So reading that book is going to help even enhance that a little bit. So Thank you for that. Thank you for being on our show today. It's been such a blessing to have you on here today. I had some technical issues starting and it's not a podcast without technical issues. Yeah. And the enemy doesn't want, I believe thoroughly that there's someone listening to this right now whose heart has been touched by what you've said today. And I'm going to ask them be present in God right now. Go into the description, click the links, order the book, and start your journey today and uh, finding that peace with God because God wants us to have peace. We have to realize sometimes our idea of peace is skewed and, and, and our God's way is not our way. And we have to understand that. And so here is a tool for you guys today that God 
can use to help you change your paradigm a little bit of who he is and how much he loves you and how much he wants to give you peace in your life and help you get focused back on track to the right things. Robert, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And um, to my listeners, until next time, just keep being intentional. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.